We're in this series called This Is Us about the children, or about the, uh, the um, television program uh, that's very popular today. And what I want to do today is I want to I see if Peter today is anything like us. All right? <clears throat> Let's talk about, about Peter. There's no way in the next couple hours that I'll be able to cover everything about Peter. Um, last week, I, by the way, I am on a monitor. I, I um, uh, had some consulting done with me a couple weeks ago, last week or something. Dad, did you know you went 51 minutes? <clears throat> and uh, I said, now, did you start the clock like when I first got up there? Or did you wait? No, that was after you got started. So I'm on a watch. Everybody start the clock. I guess go ahead and start it now. Um, but uh, we're going to get through this. And um, I promise you, it will be nowhere near um, two hours. Um, but we're going to talk about Peter. And the first thing I want to do, uh, because there's so much, is I just I feel like I'm getting some feedback or something. I apologize. I don't mean to, but if, if you can uh, cut it back, if it's possible. Um, <clears throat> and um, I want to just cover a few things because there's a lot of stuff that, that we could go on and on about Peter. But I just want to touch um, on a few things. He was born approximately, um, I, we think about four or five years after Jesus was born. He was also a Galilean. Um, he must have gotten married just before he met Jesus. Just going through a few things. Um, he was introduced to Jesus through his brother Andrew, who uh, was following John the Baptist at the time. While Peter and his brother Andrew are fishing, uh, Jesus sees them and he asks them to follow him. And, uh, and Jesus heals um, Peter's mother, uh, mother-in-law. Um, Peter uh, is fishing all night one time. And he and the disciples, and, and not all the disciples, but a couple, um, uh, his brother James, John, and, and they're fishing all night with no luck. How many, uh, um, Dan, know what that's like? Yeah. <laughs> um, fish all night and no luck, although I've seen the pictures uh, that he has of some fish. Pretty cool. And, and then Jesus shows up and tells Peter, cast your net on the other side of the boat. And they caught so many fish that they, they needed another boat. It was overloaded. They needed another boat uh, to come along and, and help them out. Jesus adds the name Peter to his given name, Simon. So it's Simon Peter now. And the Greek word for Peter is Petros, which, is, which means rock. Jesus raises a little girl from the dead right in front of Peter and, and the disciples. And, and Peter was the only, or was the other disciple, I should say with other disciples. He was, he was out on the, on the Sea of Galilee. And uh, all of a sudden they look out and they see Jesus and he's walking on the water. And he goes, hey man, can I do that? I'd like to try that. And so he's the only one that did that. Um, and so um, Peter is the first to declare the deity of Jesus. Uh, Jesus said that uh, he would build his church on, on Peter. Jesus proclaims that he's to be killed, um, that he's going to rise again in three days, and Peter rebukes that notion. And uh, Peter, along with James and John, witnessed the transfiguration of Jesus, along with seeing 
uh, Moses and Elijah who were supposedly long gone. And um, finally, Jesus predicts that Peter will deny him uh, three times and um, before the next time that the rooster crows. And Peter tells Jesus, that ain't ever going to happen. Um, I, I love you, and that's not going to happen. And uh, Peter, along with James and John, fall asleep after Jesus asked them to stay awake and kind of keep a lookout while he's praying. Uh, how many remember some of these stories I'm going through? And then Jesus is arrested, and he's betrayed by Judas. <clears throat> and Peter takes a sword, and he cuts the ear off of um, one of those that was trying to get to Jesus. Um, and they take him away anyway. They beat him almost to death. Um, they nail him to a cross. And uh, eventually they crucify him to death on the cross. They bury him in a tomb. And three days later, he gets out. And that's where I want to pick up the story today. Um, because you see, what's happened here is the guy who followed Jesus for three and a half years, the last thing that he's done as he's denied Jesus, denied that he's ever known Jesus, not once, but three times, and then he dies and he doesn't have a chance to do anything. And now all of a sudden, he's come alive. And so that's where we are in the story. In John chapter 21, it says, after these things, Jesus manifested himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. Some of the disciples had kind of gotten together. Verse 3 says that uh, Simon Peter said, hey, let's go fishing. Let's do some fishing. And the disciple says, yeah, let's, I'll, I'm going to join you. And they, they, they go out and they, they do some fishing and get the boat. And that night they, they caught nothing. Sound familiar? <clears throat> I want you to notice something here. Peter's done. Um, he's denied that he even knew Jesus. Feeling guilty and, and dejected, he goes back to fishing. I hope you catch that. He follows this man, sees all the miracles, everything that he's done, and now he thinks that he's done with because of what he's done, and he goes back to what he was doing. Verse 4 says, but when the day was now breaking, Jesus stood on the beach, and the disciples didn't know that it was Jesus out on the beach, so Jesus said to them, children, you do not have any fish, do you? <laughs> they answered, nope. And he said to them, well, cast the net on the right side of the boat. Sound familiar? I think it did to them, too. He, they cast the net on the other side of the boat. and More fish than they can eat. 153 fish. Come, I'm going to skip over uh, uh, seven and, and eight because you see what happens here. Uh, or I'm not going to skip over seven. I'm going to do seven. It says, therefore, John uh, says to Peter, hey, Peter. That's, that's the Lord on the shore there. And, and, and so when Peter, I want you to hear this now, when Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his garment that he had taken off so he could fish. And I want you to listen to the words that it says, he threw himself into the sea. 
he's, he's going after Jesus. He didn't wait for the guys, which the next verses say, you know, they had to bring the boat in about 100 yards or whatever and bring all the fish in. He didn't wait for all that. He didn't wait for the boat to dock. He takes off. <clears throat> Simon Peter went up and Jesus says, hey, you know, we got, we got fire going here already for you. You know, get the fish going, but bring some of the fish you, you, you caught. And so Peter runs after the fish and he brings it back and they have breakfast. Um, and... In verse 15, it says, so when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these fish? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you, you know I love you. And he said to him, tend my lambs. Verse 16 says, he said to him the second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he says to him, yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you. He said to him, shepherd my sheep. Uh, what are you doing fishing? Shepherd my sheep. Third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter, he's getting grieved here because he says to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus says, tend my sheep. Now, I want you to go with me today in your mind as I kind of reenact this just a minute. Kind of imagine that you can see this in your mind. Someone says, hey, that, that's Jesus on the beach. And Peter, he doesn't wait for the boat, like I said, to dock. He jumps in the water to go get Jesus. <clears throat> I, I can see, I can just see Peter, if you know what I mean, if you like to swim, you know, he, he, he jumps in the water. And as he's reaching, I told you it's 100 yards, as he's kind of coming up out of the water near the shore, I can see like we do, you know, kind of just wiping the, the hair out of our face and and, and, and getting the water out of our eyes, and we wipe our eyes, we wipe the water from our eyes, and he sees Jesus face to face. The one who had been crucified, the one that he had denied not just once, but three times that he even knew him. And he's looking at him face to face. He must have been, uh, Peter must have been overwhelmed with shame at that very moment. Because Jesus has just one question for Peter. It's all he has. He says, do you still love me? Do you still love me, Peter? He didn't say, you know, why did you scatter off? Why, why did you leave me? He didn't say, you know, why did you cuss at that gal? Why did you deny me, you know, over and over? Why did you do that when I needed you the most? Why, why, why did you condemn me? Why? 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 Why didn't, you, why, why didn't you come down and help me? He didn't say, you know, why'd you, why'd you abandon me? He asked him three times the same question and nothing else. All I care about, Peter, is do you still love me? I'm not holding anything against you, Peter. All I care about is, is do you still want me? Do you still care about me? Do you still love me? Do you still want to follow me? 
Peter lied and, and denied that he knew Jesus, but Jesus didn't go there. He, Peter, all I want to know is, do you love me? I'm sure there, <clears throat> there are people that are here today who have run from God, maybe even running from God right now. People who have denied that they even follow you, Jesus. Maybe at work or at school, people that, who, have, who have failed him. There are probably people that are here today. But today, as you sit here in his presence, as we felt so strongly today, Jesus has a question for you. And he's not asking about your past. He don't care about that. He's asking just one question. Do you still love me? He's not here to condemn you. See, many people, and I think more people than not, actually, plan out their sin. It's, it's premeditated. <clears throat> I'll, I'll do this thing. My back's up against the wall. I'll, I'll do this thing at work or at school or whatever it is. And when the boss asks, I'll just lie. And, and I'll tell him I didn't do it or I did or whatever it is. It's all planned out. We, Crystal and I got into this uh, series on Netflix called Dirty John. Anybody seen it? It's a uh, series. This woman uh, is a wealthy, you know, doing well in her business, wealthy woman. And she just did had no luck with, with relationships. She'd been married a couple times. And it's a true story, actually. And, um, and, and divorced and, and just, just no luck with relationships. So she thought, I'm going to try the internet. So she tries the internet, and sure enough, the nice looking guy comes and really neat guy, treats her well. It does, you know, uh, just really uh, perfect for her. And, and, but everybody else in the family is seeing something different. And, and, and she's sort of blinded to this whole thing. She's so gullible to this whole thing because she cares about uh, this guy. She wants to make this thing work. But he's got a totally different agenda. He, he really will do anything and say anything that he can so that he can get in good with her, if you know what I'm talking about, and, and get to the point where maybe he can marry her and then get that money. And it totally, he'd already done this with somebody else. And, and maybe, you know, even eventually do away with her. Totally different agenda. All planned out. And I don't believe, I really don't, that this was the case with Peter. I believe Peter, and this is what I believe, I believe he meant well. I don't believe he had that agenda. Oh, come on, Pastor Steve, he cut the guy's ear off. Probably trying to slice his head off, to be honest with you. But Peter was trying to, def here's what I, Peter was trying to defend Jesus. He had a, a good motive behind it. You know what I'm saying? Even when he cussed the woman out. Look, he could have been long gone like the other disciples. He risked his life trying, trying to stay close to Jesus as he's warming himself by the fire in that courtyard where they had taken him back in. And with every accusation, hey, weren't you, weren't you, I thought... You were one of those Jesus followers. No, not me. And he felt pinned in a corner. How many have ever felt like that before? 
pinned into a corner, and so he lied, and, and he cussed the gal out to shut her up so that you know, she wouldn't you know, make it known that he knew him. And, and, and here, you know, maybe even he would get beat like Jesus was. I, I believe, I really do, that his intentions were good. I believe, I believe God knows the difference. He can tell the difference between someone that's sinned, that's just messed up, that's, that's made a mistake, but in their heart, they still love him. Listen to me, when, when you fall and when you sin, when you make a mistake, the enemy, I'm telling you, the enemy will whisper in your ear. The Bible says, if you don't believe it, Satan goes around like a lion <clears throat> seeking whom he may devour. And oh yeah, man, he'll whisper to you. You, you should be ashamed of yourself. You, after what you did last night, and you're here, and after what you did on the way to church, he'll tell you you're not worthy. You know what you said to your spouse. You know how you acted. He'll tell you these things. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. None of us are worthy. None of us measure up. Not one of us. And if I fall, you know what? He knows my heart. He knows that I meant well. So I get back up and I follow him. I follow Jesus. I get back up. I believe the enemy. I believe it that, that he whispered to Peter in his ear, dude, you're finished, man. You know what you did. You, you abandoned Jesus. You're done. But I believe in making the mistakes, I really do. I believe that Peter meant well. Now, the opposite spectrum. Let's look at Judas. He's the opposite of Peter, right? I mean, uh, they both failed. They both, um, they both wept. Peter was restored and Judas wasn't. Why is that? I believe it, their hearts. I, I believe it always comes down to the heart. Judas meant to betray, like Dirty John, he meant to betray Jesus. I mean, he, he planned it out. I mean, he made a deal to do it. He, he got paid for it. His, his heart, his intentions were different. Peter, though, he was truly, he was truly sorry and truly desired to follow Jesus. He was broken. He was ashamed of what he had done. Uh, uh, Judas wept too, though. He was, he was seized with remorse. And, 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 but his remorse and his regret was only a remorse and regret about himself. And the fact that it didn't turn out the way he thought it was going to turn out. It wasn't remorse about Jesus. His thinking was evil and it was jacked up. As a result, it led him to take his own life. He calculated his sin. And this, this just wasn't Peter. This wasn't what Peter did. There's, there's a difference. There's a difference. One, one has a different heart. One has a, a different spirit. I hope that you see the difference here. I want you to lean into this with me for a second. The Bible says in Mark chapter 14, pay close attention. It says, Peter followed him at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest. And the Bible says, while he was warming his hands, listen to me, 
if you can just imagine and picture this in your mind, he was in there warming his hands. And here all of a sudden, they, they drug or they drag Jesus. They, they, they pull him out of after being, I mean, they drag him right through the courtyard and, 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 and where Peter was. And Jesus, uh, he had been beaten almost to death and, and, and all bloody and, and no doubt the crown of thorns already crushed into his skull. And, and, and the Bible says in Luke chapter 22, and I want you to pay so, I mean, just like I said, Put yourself in this position. Peter's in this courtroom and he sees Jesus being dragged through. And in Luke chapter 20, it says, the Lord turned. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Not one word, not one word was spoken. Somehow in all of the commotion, and everything that was going on, Jesus and Peter, they make eye contact. For just a brief second in time, they, they, they locked in on each other. And in that instance, all that Peter had just done comes rushing through his head, rushing through his mind. And the Bible said in verse 62, when he saw Jesus, he couldn't take it anymore. And he went outside, he ran off, and he wept bitterly. But I'm telling you, there's a difference between uh, what Peter, he meant well, and Judas meant evil. Some hearts, guys, plot to do evil. It's their nature. So, so they're not sorry. It's their, it's their chosen path. That's what they want to do. It's their decision. But when you fall like Peter did, the Bible says a righteous man falls seven times and they rise again. They, they fall, but they, they rise up again to follow Jesus. They're saying, you know what, I need, I need him. I'll jump out of the boat into the water for him. I need him. Like the prodigal son, I'm going back to the father. I need him. If you're saved, guys, you might fall. You will fall. But you quickly turn away from that junk. You know what I mean? And, and you run to Jesus. Run to him. I've got to get back to Jesus. I've got to get back to my God. I heard a pastor say that you can take a pig and you can clean him up all nice and pretty and, and, and you know, get him all spotless and everything. And because he's a pig, as soon as possible, as soon as he can, he'll find the nearest mud hole and he'll go waller at it. He, you see, he loves the filth. He, he loves the, the slop. He loves to get in the mud. That's where he wants to be. That's his desire. Now, if a sheep, if a sheep just happens to fall in the mud, not, not because he's looking for it, you know, not because that's what he wants to do, not, he, 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 not because he means to do it, but, but if he falls in it instantly, he's getting up. He's getting up out of that thing because it, it's not the sheep's thing to enjoy the filth. The sheep says, you know, get me, get me out of here. I can get this stuff off me. By the way, we just got back from a Vegas trip <clears throat> last week. 
in what happens in Vegas. You can keep it, as far as I'm concerned. You talk about filth. I really enjoyed hanging out with my brothers, my sister-in-laws, and um, I really enjoyed the Hoover Dam. I enjoyed <laughs> the unbelievable, incredible handiwork of God touring the Grand Canyon. It was incredible, just incredible. I really enjoyed that time. But truly, i got to be honest with you, I've got no desire, Dan, to go back to the Strip in Las Vegas. No desire. <clears throat> Are you a sheep or a pig? A child of God or not? What, what's your nature? It's not that you don't fall, but, but when you do, when you do, do you want to waller in it? Or, or is there something in you that says, man, get me out of here. I don't belong here. This is not me. Get me out of here. Now, I'm, I'm sorry, Jesus. Wash me. Cleanse me. Get this stuff off me. And God, help me never to go back and do it again by your grace. What a great way to know that you've got the Spirit of God living inside you. When you feel that, you know, that, that's the power of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that he made on that old rugged cross. Guys, Jesus is here today, and he's calling you back home. I have no idea who this message is for, but I believe it's for, for people here today. I love this about Jesus. He doesn't put him down. He doesn't, you know, take him through some, you know, um, all of his offenses and walk down everything and give him some kind of counseling and all that kind of stuff. All Jesus wanted to know after all the lying and denying and the cursing and the, and the tripping and the falling is, is, do you still love me, Peter? You see, Peter was so ashamed. He began to, to listen to me. He began to hate himself. And that's a dangerous place to be. You reach that low to begin to the point where you hate yourself for it. People do this and they spiral downward fast. I mean, they'll try anything under the sun to fix it. Drugs, alcohol, you name it. And it just gets worse. They didn't plan it, guys. They didn't, it wasn't something that they went after and tried to do this and, or plot to do it or whatever. They just made a mistake. And, and, and said the wrong thing maybe uh, one day to somebody that they really, really love. Or, 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 or they looked at the wrong thing on the internet, you know. Or, or, or they cheated to get the grade that they wanted or whatever at work. And the guilt sets in and that's when Satan, he just wants to go into action and pounce on you and destroy you. And he tells you, what a, what a failure you are. What a failure but I want you to listen to something really close to what God says. He says, what failure? What, what failure are you talking about? What, what stain? What, what sin? What are you talking about? I'm telling you something. If God doesn't remember, we shouldn't either. The Bible says four different times, God remembers your sins no more. Is that the word of God or not? Look at Isaiah chapter 43. I, even I, am the one who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins 
no more. It goes on to say that in Hebrews in 8, Hebrews 10, Jeremiah 31. I remember your sins no more. God says it four times. So, so stop condemning yourself. Stop, stop hating on yourself. God sees, he listened to me, he sees your heart. Yes, you shouldn't have done it. That was a stupid thing that you did. But in your heart, you mean well. I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful for the grace of God, aren't you? So grateful for him in my life. That he can see beyond the, the stupidity. That he can see that I'm heading in his direction. I, I just fell and I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the grace of God. I'm grateful that he remembers it no more. Someone needs to hear this today. Listen close. I'm going to tell you something. This is what you need to hear. You're not a Judas. You're not a Judas. You're a Simon Peter. This is us. It wasn't like you plotted to do evil in your heart. You, you mean well. Peter was beating himself up. He had blown it. He, he quit. You know what? He thought, I might as well go back to fishing. I might, I might as well go back to doing the things that I was doing before I even met him. Hmm. I want you to listen to me today. When Peter heard that it was the Lord calling from the shore. He didn't wait for anything else, man. He didn't wait for nobody else. He didn't wait for those disciples. He didn't wait for anything. He jumped. He jumped. He said, I got to get back to Jesus. And when Peter got there, they locked eyes once again. And I'm sure as the shame began to swell up again, Jesus doesn't start condemning him. He, he never even mentions all that stuff. All he wants to know is, Peter, do you love me? Do you still love me? And Peter, if you do, if you still love me, why are you fishing, man? Get back to what your, your calling is. I believe there's some people here today that are struggling with this and they're like, I, I'm not worthy. I told you, Peter, when I first met you, that you're not a fisherman anymore. You're a fisher of men. So let's get back to feed my sheep. He restores him in his ministry. Jesus says, Peter, you're my leader, man. Hold, hold, hold your head up. Uh, I, I'm going to build my church on you. Your past will help humble you, Peter. Trust me, uh, as you take this message to the world, you'll never forget that moment where we locked eyes. And as they, as they drug me out and they began to, you know, the, the crown of thorns was on my head and, 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 and I was bleeding and, and my back was all laid open from, from the beating. And, and, and the next time that you get all puffed up with yourself about that, you know, what, what, making that mistake again or whatever, uh, you're, you're gonna remember where I brought you from. You're going to remember it. The apostle, so impulsive, 
this guy was. Acts without thinking. Um, the apostle is so close to Jesus, yet he denies him not once but three times. Becomes the apostle who boldly spreads the gospel to the world. Who becomes full of faith in Jesus. He preaches the very first gospel message to the very first church. He preaches and shares the keys to the kingdom to repent, to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins and you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. He said this promise is to you and to your children and to all that are far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Peter went on to activate the mission of Jesus Christ. Leading people to follow him. Listen close. Peter, listen, was so close and so full of the spirit of God that he would walk by the sick and just his shadow would fall on those that were sick and through the power of God, they'd be healed. Wow. That's what the word says. Peter ended up writing two books of the Bible and this spontaneous, this impulsive man of God had put himself in a place of humility so many times throughout Scripture. He talked more about humility than, than any other writer in the New Testament. In 1 Peter 5, 6, he says, Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves, there, therefore, under God's mighty hand. Listen to what God says. God says about humility. God gives more grace when you're humble. In James chapter 4, God resists, listen to me, he resists the proud. He stiff arms the proud. That doesn't even sound like God, but that's what pride does. But then he says, but gives grace to the humble. I'm here to tell you, God still has a purpose for you and for your life. God gives more grace to the humble. There's no friend like Jesus. I'd like for everybody to stand if you would. That's all, if you don't mind. I'm asking if you would all bow your heads. All of you, if you would, would close your eyes. And if you're here today and you're overwhelmed with shame, overwhelmed with guilt, I want you to verbally, even if it's in your mind, tell yourself, I'm not a Judas. I'm not a Judas. I, you know what? I may have fallen, and I may be struggling even right now. But Jesus, I still love you. I still love you. God sees who you are. He sees your he knows the thoughts and the intents of your heart. And, and, and he sees you today recoiling. He sees you reverting back to your old ways. Out of guilt and out of shame. And he's saying to you today, I want to restore you.
But his only question for you today is, do you still love me?